Welcome back, everybody, to The Luke Beasley Show. It's great to be with you. Uh, another day of American politics to get into, so let's dive in. Fox News is now complaining and covering the teacher shortage uh, that we're experiencing right now, which is interesting considering that for the last number of months, one of their favorite activities has been demonizing teachers every single day. So someone like me or most of the media, it's a fair topic to talk about. Let's uh, you know, raise an outcry about how we don't have enough teachers and how can we promote that profession and how can we uh, push in our politicians to make sure they, you know, act on this issue because it is so important that we have the right number of educators to properly educate our kids. Yes, Fox News has no place to talk about this because one of the reasons you have to bet that we're experiencing this shortage is the fact that being a teacher has become such a demonized position and you have to deal with those crazy parents who are revved up by people like Tucker Carlson and screaming at you thinking that you're the devil. Why would people want to deal with that and not get paid well for it? I have no clue. Um, so here's just a moment of uh, them bringing up the topic. I'm not going to show you the discussion, but just to show you they're talking about it. And then we'll flip over to the compilation that was put together, revealing how much they've demonized teachers. States are stepping up to address America's alarming shortage of teachers, but they're not uh, fun to finding any receptive audience, especially with the Biden White House. Arizona no longer. OK, um, and then putting it of course, on the Biden administration. So that is, you know, a, a story you should report on and something you should be concerned with and uh, a question you might want to ask, unless this is what you've been saying recently. We're overplaying the importance of education. So, doctor, this is grooming, right? Brainwashing toddlers with racist drivel. Cameras in the classroom as we put them on the chest of police officers. But I don't think... Uh, just... If you didn't catch that moment when it happened, uh, Tucker Carlson's suggestion was literally to have teachers wear body cameras so that their, uh, you know, the students' parents could watch and make sure they're not teaching CRT or something. These teachers are even smart enough to be in the classroom. Teachers hate teaching and they hate their students. They legit hate your kids. They're lazy. They're incompetent. Sluggish cat ladies in sweats stained with chocolate eclairs. The KKK with summers off. Teachers make 20% less than people with similar degrees, but they also work 20% less. Exactly. They have school, they have, they have the summers off. They would like less work, no accountability, and much more pay. They're teaching our children to sext. They took God out of our schools, Sandra. To view pornography. And then they, the left replaced it with CRT, which is this neo-Marxist religion. What they are doing is grooming our children for sexual predators. This is a new world order. Everything they do is anti-kid, anti-parent. Why don't you go in there and thrash the teacher? And you're going to get hurt. And I think that should be the rule still. You get beaten up, you should be beaten up. Please. So that's pretty explicit calls of violence. And that's when Tucker was talking about, um, I wish this particular montage had put more of the context of his statement there because, um, I've seen the full thing and it's just so disturbing talking about how, uh, if I was a parent of a kid who got taught this particular thing, I would go thrash the teacher to millions of people. He's saying this, which is just super dangerous. So, um, being a teacher is such an important position. You really are, even though this is somewhat of a stereotypical, somewhat cheesy statement, crafting and forming the brains of the future. And you are uh, one of the most prominent figures in children's lives 
growing up and and play such a part in who they become and uh, how knowledgeable they are and all of those things and their uh, feeling about society and where they fit into it and all those types of things. So uh, a shortage on the role like that, that is so important is a problem because as I'm sure even you guys have experienced back when you were in schools or you've heard about, uh, sometimes class sizes can get so crazy where you have no personal uh, touch with your teacher and no ability to kind of have that day-to-day connection with them. Um, and so as you see a shortage of teachers, you're going to have to start making classes bigger. You're going to have to start um, getting less personal attention on each student, which is not beneficial. And so it is a problem we want to address. But you have to bet that one of the reasons uh, there is a shortage is because people don't want to go into the position uh, where they're getting screamed at by right-wing people who are all revved up by Tucker Carlson. Um, and I understand that. Why would I want to put myself through that on a daily basis? I wouldn't. So I'm not making a statement on this necessarily being the primary reason why we're seeing a shortage. Um, obviously, there's probably many other broader economic factors at play here, but it is a factor, and I've had uh, conversations with teachers myself who said, I just can't, I can't deal, I can't deal with that. And so then they're, uh, at the point I talked to them, we're looking forward to retirement, but wanted to retire. Um, obviously, one of the reasons we're experiencing this is COVID-19 and everything they had to go through. Uh, you saw a lot of teachers retiring early, um, but also the idea of going into the profession of teaching may not sound as appealing when you don't know if Tucker Carlson is going to be doing a rant on his show about how horrible you are. So teaching some of the most important people in society, uh, sorry, I should say, I had the word teacher in my head, treating some of the most important people in society like this, um, whenever the stories they're telling about what teachers are and what they're doing are just either not true or blown way out of proportion. In a country our size, you're going to be able to find some story where a teacher taught like a weird uh, version of a particular uh, curriculum. Yes, that's going to happen. And that should be addressed and the school district should, should deal with it. Um, and the community should, should, ha- you know, like has justification to be upset and call that teacher out, whatever. That is not representative of the broader teaching profession. And what Fox News has done is say, hey, we're either going to pluck out these stories or we're going to tell you complete lies, which is what also has been getting done, and then say, this is what teachers are doing. The teacher in your school district is teaching kids this. And so then all of these parents are revved up, super angry, um, and, and harassing, in many cases, teachers, or at least making their lives quite miserable. So it's really upsetting to watch, and they definitely don't have a right, uh, as of now, to complain about the teacher shortage. Ron DeSantis put out an ad and we're going to watch it. Um, some people were kind of just clowning on it, but I actually think it's probably an effective ad for the audience he's going after um, or trying to appeal to. And I want to watch this to break down for you why I think Ron DeSantis has uh, a future as a Republican star, as I'm sure you all agree. And we've seen kind of he's he's risen up a lot um, in the political conversation, possibly even 2024 presidential candidate has been getting discussed. Um, but in this ad, there's a lot of uh, moments that will help kind of explain why he's so scary to me. He doesn't say particularly crazy wild things in this. Uh, not at all. It's more just making him kind of look cool and flashy. But it's the style and the issues he's tapping into that I think will be effective 
for uh, the audience he's reaching into. And I think he also has super right-wing ambitions like Trump, but is way more politically effective and, ha- and comes off uh, like so much more of a nice politician. Whereas Trump has the bad right we- uh, right-wing views, but turns off a lot of people because of his uh, kind of communication style and how radical he comes off. Ron DeSantis has those bad right-wing ambitions. And I'm, just, I'm not talking about general conservative stuff. I'm talking about really far-right uh, stuff that I, I believe he would try to enact, but comes off as a more typical politician and uh, is a little smoother in some of these situations, which is scary. So let's take a look at his ad, uh, and we will discuss. And it's in the style of Top Gun. So it's like he's teaching a Top Gun class, um, but it's called Top Gov. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your governor speaking. Today's training evolution, dogfighting, taking on the corporate media. The rules of engagement are as follows. Number one, don't fire unless fired upon. But when they fire, you fire back with overwhelming force. Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking asking you to tell me what's in the bill. Number two, never ever back down from a fight. If I could complete the question though. So you're gonna give a speech or ask a question? Number three, don't accept their narrative. It's wrong, it's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative and you don't care about the facts. It's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jump up on Okay, so that end shot for our podcast listeners is him with his uh, son, holding his son. And that's the first point that I want to make, which is he comes off a little bit more authentically real and loving of his family. I think even Trump supporters (laughs) had a hard time believing that Trump was a present loving father uh, with any sort of quote unquote family values, Uh, you know, cheating on his wife while she's pregnant and all the stories we've heard. Clearly, he's not someone who uh, truly believes in the family values that the kind of conservative movement claims to stand for. But Ron DeSantis has that vibe more down, right? And I do think he probably genuinely has a better relationship with his family. I mean, how could you have (laughs) a worse one than Trump? Um, That's not true. I'm sure he has fine relationships with Ivanka, but uh, some of the other ones, not so much. So that's the first thing. The second thing is he really does come off more professional, which the more moderate Republicans like. They loved, when you talk to more moderate Republicans, Mike Pence. That's why he got picked as Trump's VP. We know Mike Pence is real conservative, uh, and we wouldn't want him in power, uh, and he would go along with the really dangerous things that Trump wanted to do, not the election stuff, uh, luckily, but that doesn't matter whenever you like the conservative stuff, but you just don't like the Trump vibe. And so what I'm scared about is if DeSantis runs for the Republican nomination and for some reason Trump is not the guy, then you're going to pick up, you're going to keep the base because the base loves DeSantis too, but you're going to pick back up the moderate voters who have gotten turned off by Trump. And I do think the investigations into Trump, the January 6th uh, select committee, as well as already the underlying a little bit of distaste within more moderate people, uh, has damaged him and turned off a lot of moderate Republicans who would 
go behind DeSantis. And that's scary because that could be a political movement that would work once again, because that's what got Trump into the White House. You had all these moderate Republicans who were like, nah, whatever, uh, who, went, who went on board with this new brand of Republicanism from uh, Trump. And Trump turned out a lot of voters who hadn't previously voted before. And those people, I think, are still politically engaged and would go behind someone like Ron DeSantis. And then you would get back some of the more uh, centrist, center-right people, even though we understand he's super, super radical and super dangerous. Um, a lot of people just don't see it that way. And they, they care a little bit more about uh, superstitious stuff or shallow stuff. Like how do they come off? How, how professional are they? And he has that, but he has kind of the aggressive towards the media little attitude as he highlighted there in the ad the entire time where it kept cutting to him kind of feuding with reporters that people loved about Trump. Um, one of the things they really liked watching was him f f kind of fighting with the mainstream media and calling them all liars. And so DeSantis can keep that up. And one of the only ways I think you can even maintain the right-wing movement that is currently existing is by claiming all of the media is horrible and corrupt and lying to you all the time, except for me and the few that I tell you are trustworthy. Because in that case, all of your audience comes to you for the information Anything they hear that contradicts their preconceived notions about you can be uh, painted away as fake news. And Trump really made that a thing. DeSantis has followed suit. Um, and so it's scary. Um, I do think our best, best option is that Trump and DeSantis run and kind of tear each other apart. That's our best option. Because if Trump runs, I do think you'll get defeated by the Democrat which would be great to see, but you would be risking, uh, and if he gets the nomination, you would be risking him getting in the White House again, and that would be terrible. If DeSantis runs by himself and Trump's whatever, indicted, decides not to uh, run, then I think DeSantis can make a coalition that would defeat a Democrat, which would be horrible. So the best option is they both run and kind of split the party, and then once one of them gets the nomination, there's enough bad blood there where uh the base has been split in two and it's kind of picked aside and doesn't turn out in the numbers that uh, is ne are necessary. So a scary time. Um, and I think Ron DeSantis definitely has a continual future in the Republican Party, even if it's not 2024. And he's someone we have to keep our eye on because that little aesthetic is something I do think is going to be appealing to Republican voters. And unfortunately, will trick a lot of people who we had... <laughs> like cheered on being disillusioned with Trump, right? Yay, they finally realized Trump was bad. But I think they would go back to him, which would not be good. Um, would not be good at all. Tucker Carlson was doing a segment on his show about the Postal Service and how they're getting a particular department of the Postal Service to specifically deal with um, elections. And because mail-in voting is a huge thing, have kind of a specialized part of the Postal Service that focuses on that. And it got them on a rant about how mail-in ballots is pretty much just bad, horrible, terrible, um, and it opens you up to fraud. Now, listen, I understand that in theory, that kind of sounds true. Because when you go into an in-person voting booth, that seems more secure. Um, and then when someone says, oh, imagine if you're just mailing it, that could cause fraud a lot easier. That, that sounds true. Luckily, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. We've had mail-in voting for a very long time. Um, 
and it's very effective. And in my view, and I'll get the, uh, get into this more as this segment goes on, my view is we have to balance, uh, or not even balance, we have to do kind of a balancing act is the way to say it, of getting as many people able to vote as easily as possible without, um, you know, breaching the security of our elections, right? Without seeing a significant amount of fraud. And if we can do that, we're doing good. I think uh, this this move by the right based on all the election lies of just like, we don't want that many people to vote. And this was always in recent history, the move of the Republican Party because it benefited them for there to be less voter turnout um, for a number of reasons. And so there's kind of this push towards, hey, democracy isn't it for everybody. It's not a great thing if a lot of people get active in our democracy. Um, and then, of course, you hear kind of in the farther right part of the Internet, this feeling of only certain people should be able to vote, like only men or um, even more specific than that, which is such a slide backwards. It hurts my brain. But that's just something that's happening these days. We We move forward a lot on some fronts, and it seems to... Uh, coincide with the saddest slide backwards in other parts of our country. But anyways, um, so in this rant, Tucker Carlson says, if you can't get yourself to the polls, you shouldn't have the right uh, to vote or you shouldn't have that, you know, privilege to go and vote. And it's such a fascinating statement because it reveals kind of his perception of voting and also can quickly be uh, laughed at because you think about what a someone who isn't in good enough physical health to vote. Are they not an American? Are they not someone who has the right to vote? Are they not someone who should have their voice heard? I feel like that's a pretty easy thing to understand. Or I know if you pressed him on, uh, pressed him on this, he would go, oh, well, of course the military, but military people, mail in vote because they're in other countries. I think that's great. <laughs> well, they should fly back and vote in a voting booth, Tucker Carlson, I guess is saying. Here, let's take a look. So I'm just starting it mid uh, comment from this contributor so that we can get to Tucker Carlson's statement. Special division created in the Postal Service to deal with election mail. And Tucker, I, I just don't think that people should be trusting uh, the Postal Service with their mail-in ballots. They ought to be voting in person with government-issued ID to be totally safe. Why is there any mail-in balloting? If you can't be bothered to get to the polls, why, are you, why do you have a right to participate in democracy? I don't, under, I don't understand. I mean, it's just an invitation to fraud. They support it because it allows fraud. Why are Republicans putting up with this? No, uh, it is not an invitation for fraud and it is not uh, allowing fraud because the counting process of our ballots is so good because the verification of an individual voter as you're going down the line and uh, counting votes uh, and, and getting them in the system is good, is effective. Um, the actual process of getting the vote to the voting place is not as much of a, of a concern, right? You don't have to necessarily be there if the process on the other end is secure, which it is. Um, and we see time and time again, whenever they make these claims, and then we look into our elections, uh, especially 2020, it was a safe election. And as I've mentioned before, when you have millions of people voting, there's going to be some instance of someone going and doing something wrong. Someone trying to vote twice, someone dropping a mail-in ballot into the voting booth and then also going in person. And guess what? They get caught for it. 
They have. They have. I've seen instances, the tiny little handful of instances where people have uh, either purposefully or accidentally done some sort of voter fraud, get caught for it. And it's individuals. It's not some big massive plan. Um, and many of the instances that have come to the surface have actually been people trying to vote for Trump twice because they're like, well, if Democrats are going to cheat, then I'm going to cheat too. Um, and they got caught for it. And they should be held accountable for that. But that is not... Um, an indictment on our system because especially if they're getting caught for it. We're not actually, uh, swaying elections with those holes in, in the system that you might, uh, consider them to be. So very interesting from Tucker Carlson. For me, the more this conversation has gone on, the more I get swayed to wait. Yeah. Why don't we just make it as easy as possible for people to vote? Now, we have to have security, so it's not going to be remarkably easy. You can't go on your computer and vote, you know, on the day of the election, and that's okay because we do have to have secure elections, um, and we do have to make sure that people don't fraudulently vote. But if we're not seeing significant levels of fraud and you can get people voting easier, awesome. And mail-in voting is an example of that. It allows even, like I said, uh, maybe older people have a hard time getting the polls or someone in bad health. That's kind of, you know, goes together. Uh or even not, even just someone who wants to do it that way because they want to do it that way. It's in a really amazing way uh, to expand the process to more people. And that, in a democratic process like we have, is beautiful. And as long as it's not um, riddled with fraud or not, uh, you know, being corrupted in some way, then it is a good system. And so this uh, belief by the Republican Party that we should get all the way back to just in-person voting is pretty crazy, considering that for a long time, it was high Republican population that was voting by mail. Um, now, now that's kind of changed based on all of Trump's claims about mail-in voting, but um, that was the case. And I think that's totally great and totally fine. Um, and as I said, I like the idea of getting as many voices of the American people heard. Dr. Oz is running a pretty awful senatorial campaign in Pennsylvania against John Fetterman. And it's got a lot of attention because he's had these cartoonish kind of mess ups. And the most recent, and this is not the center point necessarily of our discussion, the center point, um, and I'll get to what I was about to say, is just what is he doing? What is Dr. Oz doing? Why is this falling apart so miserably? Um, and Trump agrees with us when we say that. Uh, the, a report came out about how Trump behind the scenes is saying that Oz is going to effing lose, which is fascinating considering that Trump endorsed a Dr. Oz. So I don't know what's going on. And some people literally have said, are the campaign staff of Dr. Oz, uh, Oz's campaign trying to tank him on purpose? Cause he just, he's not hitting the mark. So here's an example. Um, he was in a shopping mall. Y'all have all heard this now it went mega viral, but the crudite. And we're going to get to something you probably haven't heard about yet in response to the crudite situation. So he was in a uh, supermarket trying to complain about high prices, which prices are high right now in grocery stores, um, and, and talked about how he's getting the ingredients for a crudite. And no one really knew what that was. So then he kind of got blasted for being really pretentious. And I guess it's just a veggie dip. You get a bunch of vegetables and then dip it in ranch or something. Um, I don't know specifically, but it seems just like a veggie platter was what John Fetterman called it. Um, 
and he got a lot of backlash for it. Now, I don't necessarily think this is something that's horrible <laughs> at all or even that funny because to me, there's so many words that I'll randomly learn and then start using them and they're just so pretentious, but just for fun. Um, and then there's words that you, you wouldn't know are so pretentious, but like charcuterie board, really? Charcuterie board is like literally just crackers and g's and jam and ah, it's a cool name though <laughs> charcuterie and everyone uses that one right um anyways i get it sometimes you learn a new vocab word and you want to use it in his case he is, he is a multi multi multi-millionaire so he's more uh more fun to make fun of for stuff like this so here's him in a grocery store getting his crudite fixins thought i'd do some grocery shopping i'm at wegner's and I, my wife wants some vegetables for crudite right so Here's a broccoli. That's two bucks. Not a ton of broccoli there. There's some asparagus. That's four dollars. Yep. Carrots. That's four more dollars. That's ten dollars of vegetables there. And then we need some guacamole. That's four dollars more. And she loves salsa. Yeah, there's salsa there. Six dollars. Must be a shortage of salsa. Guys, that's twenty dollars for crudite. And this doesn't include the tequila. I mean, that's outrageous. We got Joe Biden to thank for this. Thought he'd do some grocery shop. Okay, um, so he's trying to attack Joe Biden, and it pretty much just went back in his face, and everyone was making fun of him, and it was great to see. Again, I don't care that much. It's more just another example of how out of touch he is, um, because he is a um, you know multimillionaire who lives in New Jersey, pretends to live in Pennsylvania to run this uh, senatorial campaign, but you know, long time resident of New Jersey and then just saw this opportunity and is kind of a little bit silly to think that he's someone who should be in this position. But an example of how bad his campaign is running their, uh, their well, their campaign, um, they responded to this saying, quote, if John Fetterman had ever eaten a vegetable in his life, then maybe he wouldn't even, uh, maybe he wouldn't have had a major stroke and wouldn't be in the position of having to lie about it constantly. Uh, so a staffer of of Oz's campaign responded that way. It's, uh, ooh, don't do that. Don't respond to a bunch of people laughing at you for calling something a pretentious name with, well, John Fetterman should eat more vegetables. Maybe that's why he had a stroke. <laughs> nah, I don't think many people like laughing at someone's stroke i'm gonna be honest and that's been one of their massive line of attack lines of attack is oh he's not campaigning that much john Fetterman isn't and oh he's not fit for this position because of his stroke and it's like ah, i just don't think that's gonna resonate with people if you can show it good examples of him not post stroke being mentally fit uh for the job that's another thing but Everyone has disastrous uh, health events on occasion, and as long as they bounce back from them and people trust that they have effectively bounced back from them, then it's not something that anyone's going to enjoy watching you uh, clown on, you know? And so that's another example of the communications uh, member of Oz's team just really missing the mark on a response to the Crute video. What they should have done is come up with a really funny response. Like, my wife just taught me that word or, or something silly, not something jabbing at uh, John Fetterman's stroke. Okay. And then he gets asked about this. And another example, just, yeah, yeah. He should have something ready. This was viral for so long before he finally responded. Um, 
But here's him being asked on Fox about it. The latest poll shows Fetterman leads Dr. Oz 48 to 43. Dr. Oz joins us now. Doctor, <laughs> do you wish you could take back using that word crudité? Because I'm proud of all the things I've done in my life. My father was an immigrant to this country, grew up on a dirt floor, and you know, he believed in the American dream. He was pretty clear that if you work hard and serve each other, you'll make this country even greater than it was before you were allowed to come here. And whether, whether I pick words that were not conventional ones or not are irrelevant to the bigger challenges that we're facing in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I'm here at Robinson Fans. Okay. Then he gets to his next thing. I'm going to be honest, guys. I hate when politicians do that. I know. Left, right, and center, they do it. I see so many Democrats. But they get asked a question. It's like, you know, my grandfather was a hard-working man. He went to the steel mill and he worked his butt off. I just, I don't care about what they did, okay? And putting it in like a cool story does not change uh, how I think you would be as a politician. That's an awesome story that your dad's a hard-working man. Doesn't necessarily mean you are, buddy. Um, and also doesn't necessarily mean that even if you are a hardworking person, which he is very successful, so good for him, um, unless he got there in a, in a bad way, uh, that doesn't mean that you would be good in the government, right? We have this weird perception now that every rich person should run for political office or every celebrity is someone who should run for political office. And it's just silly because to me, you showing that you have a life of service towards people and a life of wanting to make people's life better. And of course, if you have an understanding of the law and um, our government, all those things, that is meaningful. Just you having a big name, Dr. Oz, and you've been on TV, doesn't qualify you um, and doesn't show that you genuinely want to make people's lives better. Now to the part that I promised we'd get to of Donald Trump, excuse me, um, not believing so much in Dr. Oz either. So reading from Ins uh, Business Insider, quote, former president Donald Trump said that Dr. Mehmet Oz would effing lose the Pennsylvania Senate race if he doesn't change his campaign strategy and questioned how such a well-known television personality could be lagging in the polls. In private conversations, Trump has called for a course correction for Oz, who in recent months has seen his standing fade among Keystone State voters, per two sources who spoke with the publication. Uh, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, the Democratic Senate nominee, now boasts constant leads in most major polling after he recently returned to the campaign trail this month following several months of recovery uh, from suffering a stroke in May. So there's different gaps on the Fox News poll. It was a single-digit gap, but I have seen one that was a double-digit poll. The former president has even asked if the pu public polling is phony, but several individuals have informed him that the numbers are accurate. <laughs> he said he always wants to believe that. Uh, this is not a matter of the polls being rigged. There are major problems with this campaign and more specifically this candidate, the source told the publication regarding Oz's campaign. Uh, the source also indicated that Trump said he thinks it would be incredibly embarrassing for Oz to lose to Fetterman. Um, and according to another source, Trump has also wondered if he should have withheld <laughs> his endorsement of Oz. So Trump's wondering, oh, why, why did I endorse that guy? He's making me look bad. Um, and, and wondering if he should have not endorsed Oz in the uh, primary. So, of course, Trump is, is largely the reason, in my mind. 
I would have to look back at kind of the polling throughout the race to say this more confidently. But one of the things that really helped Oz win the Republican primary for that Senate nomination was Trump's endorsement. Um, and so now Trump's wishing he did it, maybe. And that's fascinating. And I think this is an example of Trump seeing the same thing that we're seeing, which is Dr. Oz just running uh, a horrible campaign. And also, on the other end, you have someone, John Fetterman, who I do think appeals a lot to Pennsylvania voters um, and generally appeals to a lot of people. He comes off a lot more authentic than most politicians, very unconventional, but then also very progressive. And so you have that blend of someone who seems like an everyman, which is all usually kind of a cringy thing to say because it's politicians pretending to be something they're not. But I think John Fetterman has that at heart, plus awesome progressive policy positions. So seeing him win so much right now, leading so much in the polling and hopefully win, winning this race is super exciting. Um, and I cannot wait to watch Dr. Oz go down. Thank you so much for watching today's show. You are all amazing. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow.